the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. Um, You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in your retirement years. And, you know, we want to wish everyone a happy new year and hope your new year's off to a great start. And I know this is a time of year where a lot of people start thinking about resolutions. And one of those should be about taking control of your financial life or what are the things that you're worried or concerned about and you've made continue to be worried and concerned, but what are you doing about it? You know, there are things you can do and steps you can take and strategies um, you may or you should be using um, and often people don't because they don't even know where to start um, and what we do at the estate planning team is help people get clarity on the issues that impact their financial life. And if they're working, what things they need to do so they can retire when they want or have the retirement lifestyle they want. And a lot of people, when wages end, if you're in retirement, are concerned about how to create the income I need for cash flow and how do you do that tax efficiently. And we give people clarity on underspending, overspending, what financial disruptors, whether you, uh, you're worried about um, the market volatility, future taxes, inflation, rising healthcare costs, whatever that may be, um, that's what planning is about. And that's what we've been doing at the estate planning team for more than 37 years. And we sponsor this program. And we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we're happy to do by phone or in person. What we do is the financial modeling and number crunching um, <clears throat> and building these long-term financial plans. A lot of people can keep the numbers in their head for a couple years, but what's the long-term impact of short-term decisions? Um, I met with someone this week, a couple, and you know they've been retired a couple years. They're not really spending. Um, they've built a nice cash reserve. Um, they don't have debt, but they are definitely underspending based on the projections that we ran because they don't know how to create the cash flow. They pretty much just have social security and a small pension, but they don't know, even though they have these assets really how to draw and are they going to draw too much and run out of money? Um, and those are things that we can help people with as well as, you know, best timing of social security. I know there's a lot of YouTube and videos out there and talks that everybody should take it at 62. Well, maybe not. Do you know how much money you're leaving on the table when you're making a pension election? Um, you know, don't make a quick 
decision. Um, have some analysis done before you you make a decision, whatever that may be. And so take advantage of a free consultation. Start the new year off right. Even if you can't schedule now, we're scheduling the first quarter of 2024. And we do run some preliminary analysis just for you taking the time to schedule and see how our process is different. We are not investment advisors. That's not what we do. Our clients either have an investment advisor, which we're happy to work with, or they do the investments on their own, or they have a company plan that go ahead and keep it. We don't care. That's not what we do. Um, So take advantage of a free consultation and you can call the office. We can call you back on Monday morning or you can go to our website um, and send an email through that as well. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And on the website, not only can you register for a consultation, um, we have a new newsletter that gives everyone access to some great uh, publications that you normally have to subscribe to. And I've been sending that out every week. So make sure you sign up for that as well. And that's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. We are co-owners of the estate planning team. All right. Yeah. Welcome to 2024, <clears throat> Carrie. Right. So so a lot going on. And, and I thought today, starting the new year, uh, well, sometimes we we talk about financial planning or you had mentioned the what you envision to be your final you mm-hmm. know your retirement to be um, and but the idea is a lot of times we get the question well what should I be doing throughout the year mm-hmm. in my financial planning and and sometimes we, we we refer back to it at kind of on a calendar approach. You know, there's breaking down the year into the four quarters, you mm-hmm. know, what you may want to be working on in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter. For example, we just finished the fourth quarter. That's usually reserved for year-end planning, right? right. And, and all the things, go, and if you go back and listen to our podcast, you'll know what we mean by that. So what about the first quarter? Okay, so, and we can, even though further drill down, Carrie, and not only talk about the quarter, but actually talk about the month. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think January is a good example of that, you know, and, and so we'll talk a little about that. Also, don't look now, new year, we have the first triple play payroll. Okay. Right? So, and, and this is an inside or it, it gives us an idea of how the U.S. economy is doing because there's still a lot of uncertainty, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of debate. Uh, you know, has the Federal Reserve successfully navigated the soft landing? Mm-hmm. Janet Yellen says they have. Uh, a lot of other people say, no, they don't have. Um, binomics, right? You know, is it working? Is it not working? Um, it may be working for uh, your neighbor. It might not be working for you. And and that also gets back to the idea of don't ask your neighbor mm-hmm. what they're doing for financial planning. Uh, you know, in a world of 350 million, but even if we look at, I think, what there's 50 Six million above age sixty-five right now. Wow! There is no such thing as an average, and really, is an average relevant to irrelevant? Right. It's like when they talk about inflation. We've talked on this show. You know, do you change your buying habits? Some people will. Some people don't, and pay the higher cost. Other people make different choices, so they keep it within their budget. I mean, it comes down to your spending habits and what's important to you. I could care less about averages, right? Um, also, well, and a lot of people are wondering about the market, right? You know, a big surprise in the in the in the good results in the market 
last year, right, mm-hmm. 2023. Quite a little bumpy start. You know, no Virginia. There was no Santa Claus rally this year, right? So we'll talk maybe a little bit about that. Um, also, are you looking for a paycheck-like experience in retirement? Some people are. You know, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And, and and one of the big top, one of the big news story, not news story, I guess one of the big financial planning issues for this year, 2024, is the SECURE Act, right? Right. We had SECURE Act 1 of 2019. Now we got 2.0. And the SECURE Act 2 of 2022. And it's not all fully kicked in yet. Right. And some of it's kicked in. A lot of it's kicked in. A lot more is going to be kicked in this year, in 2024. So I'll talk a little bit about that, including the ongoing confusion with required minimum distributions, mm-hmm. which we've only been dealing with for right. the last 30 years. Well, I was going to uh, say it was confusing before when it was 70 and a half. Right. Or April 1st, following the year you attained 70 and a half and then taking two. But now it could be 72, like 73. Is it 75? Do you know? Right. So, we'll, and that's maybe where we'll start. So, so anyway, so, but when I actually want to start. Um, and then, of course, I want to finish up, timing permitting, I, if, if, what we don't cover today, Gary, we'll be covering on our January shows. But, um, you know, kind, again, kind of getting back to what what do we, w- how do we work with our clients in January? In other words, we've been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans mm-hmm. for over 30, going on now, Gary, we can officially say our 37th year. Yeah. Uh, all right. So triple play payroll. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time. On the ADP report, Carrie, I know that's a big one okay. for you, right? You, you, oh, I just think it's if they've, you know, at some point, why do they bother? All right. So the ADP report uh, came out earlier in the week, said that, you know, we're taping the show on Friday, um, but uh, they came out earlier and uh, the consensus was looking, I don't know, we're 115,000, 125,000. It actually came in at 164,000. Big upside surprise, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, so, so, okay. So, ooh, all right, that, that's okay. Then we got the Jolts report and that's another one that people keep an eye on and the job openings, right, Carrie, and, and labor mm-hmm. turnover. But the, so the consensus was looking for about 8.8 million and it came in right there at 8.79 million. Um, but another thing, one of the, one of the statistics we look at this is the, remember we always talk about the job openings per available worker carry, right? right? Because remember at the height of the shutdown, or well, the height of the post pandemic shutdown, right? Remember there were two jobs for every available worker. And that right. was when there was a help wanted sign in every single storefront oh, in America, yeah. right? Well, that has come down. That has cooled off. Now it's down to about 1.4. Right, but that tells you if somebody wants to work. It's oh yeah, it's still you can right, get a job, it's still but it's good. you know, but it's um and uh, but this this severe mismatch between supply and demand that seems to be getting back to normal, right? And that's one of the things the Federal Reserve is looking for, right? You know, because we don't want that wage spiral, you know, right. you know, and 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 you know, kind of going from there. Um, but that leads us to the um, the 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 monthly jobs report. And again, big upside surprise. So, so the consensus was looking for 175,000 new non-farm payrolls. It came in carry at 216,000, right? <laughs> um, a big, now there was the previous couple of months did have a negative or a, a lower revision. So, right. you, you know, but so about 71,000 lower revisions for the last couple of months. 
but still the the you know the 216 and and that's where um now the other thing we got from the jobs report is the unemployment rate so experts were think you know thinking that that was going to be creeping up remember that's that's the pain that the federal reserve right. said we have to go through the unemployment has to go up so inflation can come down right it's um but so the the street was looking for about 3.8% to tick up the 3.8% in actuality it remained no change from the previous month at 3.7 um but the one i want to zero in on is the wage growth, the average hourly earnings. Okay, so this is where you might have heard a lot of talking heads saying that the the, the problem is, yeah, you're you know, you're telling us that inflation is going down, but we don't feel that. Right. All right. Um or you're telling us we don't we're not in a recession, but it feels like a recession. And a lot of people saying, yeah, my, my wages, I got a pay increase, but it's lower than what I'm paying more in inflation. Right. All right. And, but the, the stats aren't really indicating that, Carrie. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what, this is the issue, right? So if now a lot of times maybe people are zeroing in on shock lines that were uh, printed eight months ago. Right. And they're just now getting to the story, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at the recent day, because you know we we just finished up, um, so we got you know we got CPI and PCE previously, and we got the jobs report now. Um, that so so real quickly, Carrie. So I don't care if you look at CPI, you know, or the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the PCE, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you look at headline <laughs> or you look at core which eliminates uh, food and energy. Now, a lot of people say, well, why would you look at core, Mark? Because a lot of the talking heads will, will blank, you know, say, you don't look at core. Right. You look at headline because, you know, but do, do those same, when those, when those people are talking, Gary, do they change when now, because do they realize right now that core inflation is higher than headline? No. I mean, do they change directions? I don't hear them I don't changing directions. Well, I don't pay. I mean, to some degree, but at the same time, it comes down to my spending. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. But anyway, so, I mean, if you haven't heard, right now, core inflation is running hotter than headline inflation. And you can say, well, Mark, how can that be possible? Well, because of energy prices. Right. If you notice the gas price lately. So that's why the adults in the room don't look at headline because food and energy is so volatile globally. And right. the Federal Reserve, you know, are the first to admit we can't control global oil prices. Right. So we look at uh, core. Um, but, but here's my point. If you look at it now with nearly the, you know, the 12 months of the rolling year, if you look at CPI, okay. So month, the latest month over month CPI came in at 0.1% increase. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now remember, what did I say? The uh, average, oh, well, well, let me go back. The average hourly earnings that we just got today in a jobs report, month the, for the month carry came in at 0.4% increase. Okay. So in the last month, Wages went up 0.4% and CPI headline inflation went up 0.1%. Okay. Okay. A little bit different. So, so pay is higher than inflation. Right. right. All right. But let's look at, let's look at year over year. Okay. Um, so if you look at headline CPI year over year, it, it's right now over the 12 months, it's running 3.1%. 
So what is year-over-year average hourly earnings that we got this morning? 4.1%. So right there, average hourly earnings is is coming in better than headline CPI month-to-month or headline CPI annual, you know, for the latest mm-hmm. year. How about core CPI? Well, as I said, that's running higher than headline. So obviously, if the average hourly earnings is beating headline, it's similar. It's also beating core um, because core um, monthly CPI is 0.3% and core annualized, uh, you know, year over year is running at 4.0. Still a tad, you know, so the 4.1 average hourly earnings is still beating core's 4.0. Right now, if you want to look at the Fed's measure personal consumption expenditures, okay. So for the month, headline was actually came in a decrease. Carrie, it's the first decrease we've had in a long, long long time. time. So it was down zero point one percent. Okay, and then the core PCE monthly came in at point one zero percent. Still, the point four percent. Much in the average dollar winning higher than that. If you want to look over year over year, PCE headline is running at about 2.6%. Core is running about 3.2%. Yes, core is worse than headline, but both of them are, you know, not, you know, that are below the average hourly earnings annualized at 4.1. So, you know, it, it, there's a big pay gap wealth gap in this country, Carrie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the same. It, it just gets back to the same thing. That's why we keep telling our clients, you can't get too caught up in these numbers or these shock lines because in a world of 350 million what is it? What, when when they do it? When they do one of their studies, they may interview what carry a thousand, right? Which isn't very much of a sample of the United States. Um, and even it, if they did ten thousand, I don't think that would be representative of. You know, and and so we we keep saying that yeah, a better approach. What we've tried to say is, it, it, like you were kind of inferring a, a few minutes ago, Carrie, is this, why don't you calculate your personal inflation rate? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and, and that's, and you, and start tracking that. Um, that may be a, a better, you know, move for you than getting too caught up in these shock lines. Um, all right. So what are some of the things that are new for 2024? Let's talk about, so let's just looking at the secure acts one and two, Carrie, right? Um, so required minimum distributions, right? That's always right. a good place to start, right? There's no confusion over those, Carrie, right? Right. Um, so, all right. So here's the deal. If you were born in 1951, meaning you attain age 73 this year in 2024, guess what? You now need to do RMDs. Mm-hmm. Right? And for your first RMD, you have until April 1st of the year following the calendar year you attain your attributable age. In this case, we're talking about age 73. Okay. But if you wait till April 1st of 2025, you'll have to do a second RD by December 31st of 2025. You'll have to do two next year. And you might not want to do that for tax purposes uh, because that may shoot you over one of the tax thresholds that you're not trying to go through. But you may. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I say don't ask your neighbor uh, what they did. Um, you know, because we, over the years, we've had a lot of clients when we're looking at the data, they say, yeah, it's better for if I wait and do two next year, than one this year and one next year 
for tax purposes. Mm-hmm. Now, cash flow is a whole nother issue, but we're saying if cash flow isn't the deciding factor. Um, now, if you were, uh, by the way, if you were born in 1950, Carrie, okay, and you attained the age 72 in 2023. And if you haven't taken your first RMD yet, mm, you better get moving. You have until April first of this year to do it. All right. Now that now remember that's not April fifteenth. We we've caught a lot of new clients who, when they're coming to that age, in their minds, or somebody had told them along the line that they had until April fifteenth tax date. No, that's a bad April Fool's joke by the government. Right. It's April first. Well, the good news with the Secure Act. You only have a 25% penalty if you miss it instead of a 50. Right. And you can whittle that down. Right. If you, if you fill out some forms. And pay it and pay up timely. All right. Um, so so those are some things. Um, now, we also may get clarification this year on inherited IRA RMDs, right? Um and remember, Carrie, that's there's a lot of confusion over because the, the the Secure Act one had this you know throughout the old stretch rule mm-hmm. for non-spouse beneficiaries right. and implemented the ten year rule. Mm-hmm. But there's been some confusion about the ten year rule, and it's mainly around um, th- th- this idea that if the decedent had. You know, we're talking about a non-spouse beneficiary, i.e., the child. You know, the so mom dies, I inherit her IRA. All right, uh, under this new Secure Act rule, I have ten years to get that out. Okay, but we thought that I didn't have any required minimum in those ten years, meaning if I didn't want to take out anything right. out in the first year or years one through nine, I didn't have to, and I just as long as I get it all out by the end of the tenth. Right. Year. All right. Well, then IRS says, well, no, that's not the case. Because if, if the decedent had died or had already attained their required minimum age, then the non-spouse beneficiary does have a required minimum in every year of the 10 years. With still right. the added that it all has to be out by right. the end of the 10th year. And... But there's been so much confusion about that that they haven't really implemented it. Meaning they're not going back. And if you if you thought that wasn't the case, which was only 99% of the country thought that wasn't the case, right? Right. Um, that they're not going to hold you penalty wise right. for not taking that. And by the way, that required minimum in each of the years would be based on your single life expectancy. There's some confusion about that. And. If you and the IRS relied on an old an, an old part of the tax law, the tax code called the at least as rapidly rule, right? You know, so so okay, you if you want to look that up, okay. So you okay. want to look at Internal Revenue Code section four hundred one. Okay. Well, actually, care that's not right. You, you need to look under Internal Revenue Code section four hundred one parentheses small a. Oh, okay. Well, no, I'll just ask you, Mark. No, wait, wait, wait. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's Internal Revenue Code 401, parentheses, small a, parentheses, nine. Okay. Okay. I think, mm, no, that's not the latest. If you really want to look this rule up, you got to look at Internal Revenue Code section 401, parentheses, small a, parentheses, nine, parentheses, capital B. What's all this for? This, this, this is the, the These changes. These are the add-ons, yeah. add-ons, add-ons. Is there I, one more? I think. 
Yeah, I think there is. Okay. Yeah, it's not that, Carrie. If you really want to look this up, you got to look under Internal Revenue Code Section 401, parentheses, small a, parentheses, 9, parentheses, capital B, and then the final parentheses, small i. Okay. Then you'll get to it. Or you could call the IRS and maybe they'll answer the phone. Maybe they will. they've been better about it. Carrie, have you heard me say that complexity alone prevents compliance? Yes. Um, but anyways, so we, I think we're, this is a year we're going to get clarification on these inherited IRAs. And if you fall into that, if you inherited an IRA over the last few years, you will better keep your ears open. And, right. and because you may, if you haven't taken, if you're just relying on what everybody thought originally that you had 10 years and you didn't have to take any required minimum in the first nine or so, that may be changing this year. Um, all right. Also, speaking of um, um, rules about IRAs, so this is also the the first year that there is no more RMD requirement carry for Roth four hundred one ks. Okay. All right. So remember that was one of the hits. That was one of the downsides about having a Roth four hundred one k because everybody knows if you have your own Roth IRA, there's no required minimums. Right. But there was still this weird rule that if it was a Roth four hundred one k, you did. But you didn't pay taxes on it. No. You just had to disperse it. But now they, uh, you know, that's no longer. You don't even have to do. So there are no more RMDs for uh, Roth four hundred one ks. Also, Carrie, um, now this actually, Secure Act allowed this for 2023, um, where simple IRAs and SEP IRAs can now offer Roth options. Oh. So remember, originally it was just IRAs, right? Correct. Then it was like 403, then it was like 401ks. Now simples and SEPs also can have a Roth option. Okay. Now, as I said, that was available for 2023. But it seems the custodians have been very slow to promote that. Well, maybe because a lot of clarification and a lot of confusion. And a lot of, they have to manage it. Right. And and how quickly can you get that up and going? Because now you have to have a complete system now that says, is the contribution a traditional or a Roth? Mm-hmm. And and all the, you know, added paperwork on that. Um so we're going over some of the new things that I've been twenty four. Okay, qualified charitable distributions, Carrie. I, I know this one. Whatever. This is like I'm saying. Really, the IRS spent time or the Congress spent time in this. So right now, Carrie, the qualified charitable distribution. You know, first of all, you have to obtain the age seventy and a half, right? Right. That does not go up to seventy two, seventy three, or right. seventy. So if you're seventy and a half, you can still do it. Right, and you can't do it if you're only seventy. Right. It's got to be 70 and a half. You have to obtain the age 70 and a half. In other words, so if you turn 70 in January, you have to wait until July. Right. Now, um, all right. So the annual cap limit since the beginning of this concept is 100,000. Okay. You know, that the most you can do in that concept, this is where you're, you move directly money from your IRA directly into a charity. So your custodian writes a check to the charity. On your behalf. Right. And there you don't have to report it as taxable income. It's a wash for your tax return. This was a lot of our clients have had to go to this because when the, the standard deduction went up with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, right. a lot of people weren't itemizing and getting the benefit. Maybe they gave to their church, but they weren't getting the value of those donate, the added tax savings. So now th- that they've got, you know, and, and it's the idea that it's, it goes back to the original concept as it, well, 
the government's forcing me to take money out of my IRA because of required minimum distributions. I don't want to take it out. I don't need it. So they're saying, okay, you can give it to charity and it kind of, it doesn't have any tax effect. Well, that 100000 has not gone up with inflation previously. This, now it is. Okay. So the, 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 it's now has an inflation factor built in, and this is the first year, 2024, where now the, that 100000 cap limit has been raised to 105000 Carrie, do we have any clients that are doing that? That's a big charitable contribution. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people that affects, but and and sometimes I do get the question if, if you're if you're wondering that's per individual. So if you have a married couple, each one of them with their own IRAs, mm-hmm. um, each one of them could do you know that QCD. Um, all right. Um, another thing that's that's kicking in for 2024 is if you've got leftover 529 plans. Okay. Okay. Now there is a way that you can roll them into a Roth IRA. Okay. All right. Um, and but that's a little complicated because we've had people ask before. Oh, I've heard this. Well, a lot of people can't do it. And it's it's back to the idea that what happens if you put money into a five twenty nine plan and it's never used for college mm-hmm. for whatever reason. The, the beneficiary didn't go to college, didn't finish college, whatever. And, you know, there's other ways you can get, you know, there's certain ways you can get money out of 529 from a qualified, you know, purpose to get the tax-free nature. You know, you can use some for elementary, lower education. You can, you, there's some other exceptions. But generally, it's still the issue of what happens if a, somebody's got a big leftover 529. Mm-hmm. Well, you can take it out in a non-qualified purpose, but it's taxable. You know, the right. earnings, the deferred earnings are taxable, and there's a 10% penalty, like similar to if you take money out of an IRA before 59 and a half. Right. right? Um, so, but this is a new concept, Secure Act 2, and it says, but there's a few, <laughs> the first time I read right. the rule, mm-hmm. I was like, my head was spinning. Right. I, I'm kind of getting people used- say, oh, I have a I, I have a 529 for my grandkids. I'm just going to roll it to a Roth. Right. Well, all right, I, I'm getting more used to it now that I've right. read it a hundred times. But, OK, so so, I, OK, there are well, four things you got to remember about this. Right. All right. Um, one is how much can you do? OK, well, it's limited to what the current IRA contribution limit is right. per year which is 7000 for somebody under 50. Right. Okay. So that's the most you could do in any one year. There's a lifetime limit as well, Carrie. Okay. That's the second rule. So the lifetime limit is 35000 Okay. Now, Carrie, why is it 35? Why isn't 30? Why isn't it is 40? Is it seven times five? I don't know. Is five is the holding period for the Roth IRA? I, seven yeah. is the... I mean, what is the reason? Who knows? It's our government, Mark. <laughs> but it's 35000 Right. All right. All right. Um... But there's conditions. The third point you got to remember is the 529 account had to be open for 15 years. That's right. the one that threw some of our clients Absolutely, out. Absolutely, where people said, oh, I heard I could do this. No. Right. And then the fourth one you got to remember is the amount that you're planning on rolling over has had to be in the 529 for at least five years. Right. Could you get any more complex than that? Right. Who is going to watchdog that? Right. That's, uh, 
Good luck. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So why don't they make these more simple? Like everybody can do it up to five thousand for whatever. I mean, real. I mean, who spun those numbers to figure out how much tax dollars this was going to cost the government? I have no clue. All right. So a lot of people. The complexity alone prevents compliance, Carrie. Right. Um, All right. Do you have a final point on that before I go on? No, I was just saying I've had a lot of people call and say, can I do that? Well, how many people, if they've had 529 for 15 years, typically the grandchild or the kids already used it for education at that point? Rarely, you know, do you still have it? Yeah. All right. So maybe one more, Carrie. Okay. Um, And that's kind of, are you looking for the paycheck-like experience? All right. So- one of the things that the Secure Act did was it, the government realized that getting rid of the old pension plans, the defined benefit plans, Carrie, okay, maybe wasn't such a good idea, right? Because we've turned it into the baby boomer, where most of the baby boomer, or at least half of the baby boomers, have got nothing going into retirement, right. Because they don't have a pension. Right. They have their Social Security. But they didn't do the 401k. Right, because it was optional. It well, was, that's, that's we live with the choices we make. Right. And it was similar, if Social Security was optional, no one would have Social Security right. benefits. Um, but the, uh, so, or they did do the 401k, but they took too much risk and lost money. Right. All right. The old joke, the 201k. Right. Um, but in either case, it's also a lot of people who have 401ks, you were mentioning this in the beginning, they haven't, they haven't made the transition from the accumulation phase to the distribution phase. Right. And I think that's a harder thing for people until you're there or I'm not retiring because I don't see how I'm going to grade. Do I take it from the traditional investments do i take it from the 401k do i take it from the ira do i take it from the annuity it's people even if they have substantial assets or a good portion they are fearful of tapping into that because they don't know if they're going to run out the long term and in quite a few cases it's the opposite they're getting to their life expectancy or their joint life is based on very conservative realistic assumptions where they're having this pile of money i should have would have could have if i would have known or when people even come in after well wow i i didn't know i could spend more there you're afraid because you don't have a way to measure and find out and that's what the value of modeling is to show you the long-term effect and we can make the modeling and use any assumption you want or make it as grim if you want to say even more conservative growth rates or model in a recession and slow growth recovery certainly at the peak of inflation we were modeling higher inflation rates longer you know and then tapering it off for a number of years and using different inflation rates for different categories of expenses so that gives you clarity and peace of mind of what can you do and how do you create the income? It's not even that you just pull it out, but how do you do it tax efficiently so that you're minimizing your cumulative taxes? And, and so it, it's so one of the things the Secure Act did was they have made it that the 401ks 
will now be able to offer annuities. Because mm-hmm. remember, that's how those defined benefit plans worked in a lot of the cases. The company you know, contributed money while the employee was working for 30 years. And then when they leave, they take what was they were holding essentially for that employee and they annuit. They turn, mm-hmm. they go to a, a annuity company or a life insurance company and, and say, okay, create an income stream, a guaranteed right. lifetime income stream, right? Um, based on the, the, the employee's age. Um, and the, the reason why they never were popular in 401ks was because, as you know, Carrie, only life insurance companies can do that annuity concept, right? And so the, the, the corporation was saying, well, if we're going to offer annuities inside our 401k, that means we have to pick the life insurance company. Right. Who's going to, that, that's going to offer the product. And what if we choose the one that goes bankrupt? Mm-hmm. Is the employee now retiree right. going to come back at us, the corporation, because the life insurance company went out of business? So there was a risk there to the corporation. Right. Well, we're always all about liability, right? All right. Um, so now the government has worked out a solution, the Secure Act, and saying that because the, the, the greater problem here is people not having any type of pension income in retirement mm-hmm. other than Social Security, which is has its own issues, right? So this may be the year. Now, although the Secure Act's been around, it... it, it they haven't really enforced it. It, it, it's, it. Again, we've had this slow transition of when it's all getting implemented. But this may be the year where you see all of a sudden in your 401k options an annuity concept. Mm-hmm. Okay? So s- some of the 401k plans are beginning to offer target date strategies with an annuity component that offers a paycheck-like experience in retirement. So that so the idea is as you get ready to retire, you're, if you you know one of those target date funds, if you're going with that, they along that glide path, they've been putting some of your annual contribution, and if the company is matching it, or if the company's putting in money for your behalf and a profit sharing, something along those lines, that the allocation, some of it is being allocated to this lifetime annuity concept. So that when you walk away, you can say, "Oh, I'm gonna ec- I'm gonna implement that annuity concept." Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, for example, one of the big um, you know fund companies that you know invest. So, what they're going to do is they're invest a portion of the bond portfolio. So, let's say you're going with a sixty forty strategy, right? So, forty percent would normally be going into a bond. Well, some of that forty percent. All right. Um, is going to you know go into an annuity, mm-hmm. okay, um, and then they're going to start that right away. You know if you, you know if you know maybe got you know maybe year, decades before your retirement, right? And then the in this case, this company is saying the annuity allocation starts at two and a half percent of the portfolio and increases to forty percent at the end of the glide path. Um, okay, so that's one company's doing it that way. Here's another one. Uh, another company, LifePath Paycheck Series, by contrast, start when investors hit age 55. So once, if you, if you, if you attain age 65, now the annuity makes up 8% of the overall portfolio to start and climbs to 30% over the next 10 years. 
Okay, so you can see how they're beginning to implement this this strategy or this idea that the Secure Act opened up, saying that the the company's four hundred one k's can now offer a, 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 an option that can replicate what retirees used to have in a defined benefit plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you you know the annuity salesman have been telling you this all along. Right. Saying you know, we can create your self pension, right? Right. You're, you're, and, and and what and what they've been telling you to do is say, when you retire, roll roll out your four oh one K, roll it over to me and I'll put you in an annuity. But I also think it's not an all or nothing. Maybe a portion of your four oh one K you I don't know about all of it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, that's a whole nother discussion, Gary. Right. Um, But but that's the idea. So now um, and a lot of and a lot of people have done that. Um, And we certainly have clients who've gone to the annuity concept, you know, and the ideas of saying, yeah, I'd like to get some more guaranteed income. Uh, Another common, maybe not 100 percent of your nest egg in an annuity. But a lot of times it's presented to the. Uh, the, 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 the individual that you, you want, you know, if you're doing your financial planning model right and you're breaking down mandatory spending mm-hmm. versus, let's say, discretionary spending, you want enough fixed guaranteed lifetime income right. to cover mm-hmm. that mandatory spending. Okay. You may. Um, and no, I'm saying as a strategy. Right. So, so if Social Security ain't going to do it, right, and you don't have a pension, then you put enough of your investment nest egg into this annuity concept that can turn on the gap guaranteed income that you need, and then you leave the rest for growth in the market. Yeah, so for yeah. whatever, so that's often a, a, a presented, and and that may work. You know, that's something that you. And you, I think you pe- some at. people like the simplification where they know they're getting a check, whether it's annual or monthly or quarterly or whatever. And then on the flip side, you can also create, which we just finished up with year on planning, is leave money where it's at. And then each year, look at the cash flow up to a certain certain threshold. Do you want to max out a certain tax bracket? Do you want to max out where your Medicare B premiums are going to go up or the zero capital gains rate? You know, and look at it each year standalone because your cash flow needs may fluctuate each year and taking advantage of, you know, opportunities in the tax code. Right. So so those are some of the, the new things that are happening this year. Um, and the uh, and it, it's it's that idea that there's a lot of financial tools in the toolbox, but we have a very complicated tax code. And my my issue about this issue, this last topic, Carrie, is that Who's going to help those employees trying to navigate that type of planning? Hmm. Because the annuity salesmen aren't going to help them. Because why would an annuity salesman help you pick out an annuity in your 401k? Well, I'm sure they, well, yeah, because, right, you're talking about they're going to tell you to move part of your 401k to them. Right. They're not going to help you pick out an annuity that's available to you in your 401k. And no. and most of the investment advisors hate annuities, right? Okay, so so they're not making a lot of recommendations there. So is the I, can you call? You know who are you going to call 
in your human resources to say, help me. I, I don't know, Carrie. But that's where the estate planning comes in. We try to say, you know, we can help, you know, you navigate that because we don't, you know, we're, we can look at anything you have. We can coordinate your advisors and get you the best right, plan. Right. Cause we don't believe there's any one size fits all or one concept. Annuities aren't good or bad. Stocks aren't good or bad. You know, it just depends. What's the purpose? What are you using for it? And typically it's a combination of things for diversification and flexibility um, that you need. And what we do is play the role of that objective, unbiased advisor. And we've been helping people uh, for more than 37 years. We are an affordable fee-based fiduciary planning firm. And if you want to check out our reviews on Google or the Better Business Bureau, and you can take advantage of a free no obligation, no pressure consultation. We're happy to do that by phone or in person. You can call our office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So what are other things? So, you know, let's talk about carry the main, the financial maintenance right so so i mean and and in reality yeah doing a financial planning model and this is one of the, the problems i have with the monte carlo analysis right mm-hmm. that that it's a very in other words there's no follow up on it right i mean it, it's it's just well i think it just gives you that i'm based on my nest egg that this percentage i'm never going to run out of money but it really doesn't tell you how to pull things out tax efficiently? Which pot of money do I take it from? And, and if it's telling me I'm not running out of money, does it tell me how much more I could spend and not run out of money? Mm. Maybe I want to know that. I don't want to get to 89 and saying, or 90 and having a huge pile of money. Maybe I do because I want to stay in my house and not use it. Or maybe you need it for a long-term care. But maybe I would have gone on those bucket list trips or remodeled something or done something, gift, gifted, helped out my kids, grandkids. Right. So we're very active planners at the estate planning team. And we've been doing this for going now our 37th year. And the idea is what we've realized is that that initial model, yeah, that's fine as a long forecasting tool, but what actually in, in retirement or becomes more important, Carrie, I think to our clients is what's happening now. Mm-hmm. What's happening this year? How do I navigate this year? Okay, you know, we're talking about what you should be looking at. You know, another thing you might want to be doing in January, we're talking about things we do in the right. financial maintenance area, is you want to start keeping, a, a, you know, are you reaching any of those milestone ages? Right. We already mentioned some for today, required minimum distributions. You know, as yours begin at right. 72, 73, or do I hear 75, right? What, Social, Social Security, Security. I was are gonna say- 62, or are you going to wait longer? Medicare, 65. Uh, you know, these are, so if, if any, if, if, you know, if you're saying, what should I be working on my financial plan going into the new year, January, are you attaining any of those ages this year? Or are you thinking about retiring at the end of 2024 or sometime in the year? Now, also, though, what we do in January is, is we, the first thing we do is we capture your year-end net worth. So even if clients don't come in, I've been sending out net worth update schedules that we have for clients, and we want to compare where we projected them to be at end of 12, 31, 23. Are they ahead of plan? Are they short of plan? Where are they at compared to 12, 23 or 12, 31, 2022? And compare of all those things, even if they don't come in, it's easy for us to capture that while you start getting those year-end statements. 
Right, and and now you can measure. Where are you? And what? Where did you think you were going to be mm-hmm. at the end of the year? Now, a lot of you may be shaking your head and say, "Well, Mark, I don't know where I was supposed to be at the end of the year." Maybe you're just happy you're ahead of where you were last year. But my point is, if you don't know where How you're supposed you to be, probably you don't have a fi- detailed financial plan, right? And how do you measure your progress exactly? Right. And also we can tell if they're ahead of plan or not or or below our plan projection. Was it because they spent more? Was it because of the market? Were it because of some tax hit? You know, and then right. trying to figure out why. Maybe and, they didn't spend. Maybe they didn't buy that new car. Maybe they're, they thought their budget would be this and they actually underspent. Right. And, and part of that is... What we look at is not only their total total net worth, and we also want to capture right. those year end numbers because if you are required minimums, you need those to get the year end numbers. Yeah, those RMDs are going to be printed buried in the statement. But, but also, Carrie, it, we can figure out where their cash reserve is at because in our detailed financial plan, we always put an emphasis on the client's cash reserve. Right. Meaning that you and you always want to go into the new year with a nice cash reserve just so, you know, it's one of your first defenses against an economic Mm -hmm. downturn. All right. Um, But so if if we if we if we have a projection of where the client's cash reserve separate from their total net worth, which is important, but just zeroing on a cash reserve. If we thought if if they had a floor cash reserve of forty thousand dollars then we want to make sure at the end of the year it's at forty thousand dollars and if it's not let's figure out why especially if it's a lot lower than our target and then we better start working to work it back up right um so yeah so having a detailed net worth something you can measure your progress keeping an eye on your cash reserve Mm -hmm. all that is important um we already mentioned you know, getting the, are you reaching any age milestones, the 62 for Social Security, or your your full retirement age, that may be 66 or 67, um, or the at Medicare eligibility at 65, or RMDs, which we mentioned. Um, they also carry, this is the, t- you got your, you know, if you haven't realized this yet, you got your new Social Security benefit statement back around Thanksgiving, right, Carrie? And let's say you were hit with a Medicare IRMA, charge, meaning that they determined that you had so much income that you ought to be paying more, uh, you know, more is being deducted for Medicare B and perhaps Medicare D out of your Social Security check because you got hit with an IRMA threshold increase, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you may have a, a way to appeal that. If you had one of the life-changing events, the most common one is, you remember, because there's a two-year look back, right? Mm-hmm. So for 2024 Medicare premiums, they're using your 2022 tax return. So maybe you were employed in 2022, but you're no longer employed in 2024. Right. That's an appeal. Right. You and just, you only have a few days. Well, I mean, that's my point about January. Days, right. So you, the, the, you have 60 days from the date you received that benefit statement which alerting you. Pro- which is probably after Thanksgiving, early December. Somewhere between November and you 22nd know, the mail's and the 20th. Kind of small, so make or So you may have until slower. about January 22nd, January 24th time mm-hmm. frame if you're going to appeal. And if you don't appeal, even if you should have paid a lower amount, too bad. You're going to pay that higher premium for all of... 2024. Now, for example, we we're just working with a client this week, or actually, we, we, he, you know, we we brought this up to him because he became a, a widow, a widower mm-hmm. in in late in 2023. Um, right. All right. 
and it, though it, the but his spouse deceased before it, you know it was it was late in the year but it was before he got the new social security benefit statement and so when he when he got the the new social security benefit statement he was hit with the Irma charge mm-hmm. all right because of his income in 2022 well we 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 asked why we always ask for those statements and we we kind of knew it and we were saying yeah all right, so we said, but you have the right to appeal because you're going to be single in 2024, and a lot of the income was going away with a drop in the, right. the spouse's pension and Social Security. So he had to appeal, and so he said, well, Mark, how do I appeal? And and I said, well, you know, you can start. There's forms and stuff like that. But he, I said, you can also maybe try to get it done over the phone. Right. I go, or, you know, or making a stop in the um, Social Security office. Right. And he had gone to the Social Security office in the past. He was comfortable doing that. He was more comfortable doing that than filling out the form of his own. And be, or calling on the phone. Right. But so he did call on the phone. And they said, and he talked to them. And after I told them what, you know, what the issue was right. and how to present it. And what happened was they said, yeah, y- you know, you can come in and we can help you in the office. Right. He said, just, you know, just got to bring in. And they, they had already in their records that she had passed away. Right. So but, funeral home usually that's social security. And know. they just said, and we'll help you fill out the form. And so he let me know this week that he did um you know go there and they took you know, care of it and they took care of it so it, it's it's the idea of saying but he w- had no concept of even to be looking for that right that's what we can help our clients you know we know we can coordinate with your other advisors we can coordinate with your other officials and help you know what questions you'd be asking to get the best result. right find out if we can help take advantage of a free consultation call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.